You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. Welcome to today's episode of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. This business talk show airs live on Tuesdays and Wednesdays at 4 p.m. and Thursdays at our special time of 3 p.m. All of our shows can be heard live here exclusively on Orange County's only community radio station, octalkradio.net. If you're listening to this show as a podcast, we encourage you to listen to the show live during our broadcast times. The show is brought to you by our commercial sponsors, Brandman University, Commercial Bank of California, Decision Toolbox, Smart Business Magazine, Succession Strategies, and Center Club. The goal for the show is to help you, our listening audience of CEOs and business owners, to make better and more informed business decisions. We do that by interviewing peer executives who have experiences and ideas that you can learn from. Our first guest is Larry Sadoti. He is the VP of Development for Yogurtland. Larry, welcome to the program. Hi, thank you. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your professional background? Okay. Um, I've been in food service for about 20 years. I started back in 1995. I started a concept, spent 13 years with it, built Mm -hmm. it up to about 170 stores, and left in 2007 and spent a year and a half with Mrs. Fields and TCBY as their vice president of development, and then uh, met the CEO of Yogurtland and saw a great young startup company and decided to jump on board and have been with them for the last four and a half years. Four and a half years and seen some pretty impressive growth, haven't you, at Yogurtland? Oh, yeah, tremendous. Okay, I've got to go back. You said that you had your own concept that you brought to the market with some great success. What is the concept? Can you share with us the name? Yeah, it's a chain of juice bars called Juice It Up. I started it in 1995 and, uh, in Orange County oh. and uh, grew it over 13, over a 13-year period. It's still going today. Right, yeah. It's a very and, recognized uh, name here in Southern California. Yeah, came up with about 100 different recipes in my kitchen. And Wow. How cool is that? I, honest, ladies and gentlemen, I did not know that about Larry Sadoti, who is now the VP of Development for Yogurtland. But wow, you, so you're an entrepreneur and a development expert here in this in this space, aren't you? Yes. All right. So, for those who don't maybe know Yogurtland or haven't experienced the lo- the uniqueness and difference of Yogurtland, could you explain from your perspective what is it Yogurtland does and kind of why? Do clients choose Yogurtland over another potential alternative? Yogurtland basically came about, started, it was founded in 2006 um, by Philip Chang. And when most of the yogurt craze was leaning towards a full-serve model, Philip created this self-serve footprint, which was eight machines, 16 different flavors, a value proposition of 30 cents an ounce, and basically a self-serve experience, 40 different toppings, and the business just took off. We opened our first store, our first full-service store in 2007, which was a standalone. Uh, Originally in 2006, it was part of another concept that Philip had. So in 2007, he opened up in Irvine, California, and he launched an industry. Um, changed the face of the yogurt industry. Now Yogurtland is one of the most recognized brands in the yogurt space. Um, It's a self-serve model. 
So it, it's it's a tremendous business model and a great opportunity and a brand brand name that carries a lot of weight and, and is well recognized and resonates with people and so, so you said a couple things that I want to just kind of go back and clarify for my own understanding mm-hmm. and for the audience. Most of the competitors at that time were full service, and Philip saw an opportunity for self service. Philip originated this footprint. Okay. And when you said he revolutionized the industry, is that by virtue of the self-serve model, or what else about Yogurtland? Is that there? that was the self-serve model. Okay. The self-serve model became the standard, and the full-service model kind of fell by the wayside. What is it about the self-service model that's superior then to a full-service model? In in food service, you try for three things. You try for great, high-quality products. Okay. You try for a value proposition that customers can accept is that a price point that price will, point okay all right and then you want an interactive entertaining experience okay and the the self-serve component in this category introduced that entertainment and interactivity that just resonates with people it is an experience to go to a yogurt land isn't it yes because it starts with the ability to even sample the yogurt before you choose mm-hmm. and that is always fun because yep. you always have fresh flavors i mean different you're changing the flavor distribution in in the yogurt land on what seems like a monthly basis to me yogurt land has its own team our own r&d and product development team which formulates all our own flavors in-house we've got probably one of the best flavor guys in the world that formulates this and he's got a team that does nothing but create great flavors and that is one of the key differentiation points between yogurt land and the rest of the yogurt world Okay, so I, I'll, I'll admit here, public disclosure, I'm ignorant of the other people because I only go to Yogurtland, have only gone to Yogurtland for years, so I don't really even know what another experience would be like at a, at a, at a yogurt shop. Are you saying then the, the choice of not only the toppings but the flavors of the yogurt themselves are unique to Yogurtland and that you're inventing those and creating those? Our flavors are completely proprietary and unique to Yogurtland. Wow. What a great experience. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you, by chance, don't have a yogurt land in your area, well, just stay tuned because after the break, since Larry's job is VP of Development, we'll be talking about bringing more yogurt. I assume you want to bring more yogurt lands across the Absolutely. country. North American audiences. Around the world. Here. Okay, even around the world for those of you that were on the Internet. Who knows? You could be listening in Spain, let's say, or exactly. South America maybe. Yeah. Okay, so uh, we are going to take our first commercial break here on Critical Mass Radio Show. When we come back, I'm going to ask you to kind of, Explain the steps you need to take and make a franchise successful, since that's a large part of your role in business development because you have a franchise model. We're going to talk about franchising, and maybe there's some business executives out there today who are considering being an entrepreneur, and maybe this is an opportunity for you. So stay tuned after these words from our commercial sponsors on Critical Mass Radio Show. When it comes to pioneers in their respective industries, we all know the Apples, Starbucks, and Trader Joe's of the world. In the realm of recruiting, Decision Toolbox is the industry's best-kept secret. With 90% of their business from referrals and repeat customers, for over 20 years, Decision Toolbox's U.S.-based team of recruiters, sourcers, professional writers, quality personnel, and tech support has perfected a Six Sigma approach to talent management. No matter the size of the project, Decision Toolbox delivers incredible results. A cost per hire less than half of what contingency firms charge. 
with the winning candidate presented in an average of 14 days, all with a 12-month candidate warranty. With results like that, Decision Toolbox won't be a secret for long. Visit us at www.dtoolbox.com for more information. Can we talk about your family business? You know, that thing you put your whole life's blood, sweat, and tears into? Well, what happens when you retire or try and pass that business on to your children? At Succession Strategies, we can help you find the answers. We'll guide you through the unsettling process of protecting your family legacy and successfully passing your business on to the next generation, safely and securely, ensuring that it'll both survive and thrive for generations to come. So ask yourself just one question. Can I really afford to wait? Take the first step. Take our complimentary self-assessment at SuccessionStrategies.com or call us at 714-560-9022 to set up a free consultation at your convenience. That's Succession-Strategies.com. There's something uniquely positive about the word up. When things are good, things are looking up. When you want to go fast, you speed up. And when you're really cheering, you stand up. So when you want to move up, what do you do? Well, when it comes to getting your bachelor's degree or master's degree, there's one university that stacks up better than virtually everyone else, and that university is Brandman. Brandman University is ranked by U.S. News & World Report as one of the nation's top ten universities for online bachelor's programs, and it ranked best in the state of California. Brandman also received top honors from U.S. News & World Report for our online graduate programs in business and education. Plus, our programs are available on ground at more than 25 convenient campuses. So to wrap things up, we recommend you look us up at brandman.edu. That's brandman.edu. And find out how to move up like never before. Brandman University. Move up. back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. I'd like to thank and acknowledge our listeners who download our show as a podcast. You've downloaded over 11,000 shows during the last 30 days. We here at the program appreciate your continued and growing support. All of our shows can be heard live here on radio station octalkradio.net or rebroadcast anytime from Apple iTunes, Stitcher.com, and other business-oriented podcasting services. All right, let's like, I'd like to return to our guest, Larry Sedoti, who is the VP of Development for Yogurtland. Before the break, Larry, I was going to ask you to share a little bit from your experience working with franchisees. First of all, what's the makeup of a successful Yogurtland franchisee? And then what are the steps to get them properly launched in their market? First and foremost, you've got to believe in the brand and be passionate about what you're going to get into. In any franchise, not just Yogurtland, but any franchise opportunity or any business opportunity for that matter, you've got to be passionate, you've got to believe in it, you've got to be engaged in it. Otherwise, your chances of success are greatly reduced. So what we look for when we're evaluating potential franchise candidates are candidates that are aligned with our values and our beliefs and, and the types of business people that we are and are passionate and believe believe in the brand. Um, those are two critical points for us. And then we look at 
how compatible we are together and and you know we 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 vet them pretty well i would think and we hope that they vet us as well because it's a it's a two-way street and at yogurt land we make sure that that street's running both ways because we don't want them getting in what is going to be their second marriage Mm -hmm. um unhappy or or unsure about what they're getting into what markets across? Okay, so your business development, and you mentioned internationally. Uh, here in North America, where are you looking for? Where where are the growth opportunities for Yogurt Land? We have growth opportunities throughout the country. Um, our our primary focus is along the Sun Belt and in the Northeast okay. and in Chicago and, and parts of the Midwest. But primarily, we focus on specific. DMAs, um, dominant trade areas within the Northeast, um, New York, Boston, Philadelphia, New Jersey, um, and then the Texas market, Dallas, Houston, Chicago, Denver, Seattle. That's quite a number of cities. We actually take an approach where we hone in on specific markets and we build them up and build them with critical mass as opposed to a shotgun approach where we just throw a dart at a wall and see if it sticks. Mm-hmm. So we're very particular where we focus. One of the things that I'm kind of, I guess I'm stepping back a little bit, but in the business model, and admittedly I have a couple yogurt lands that I visit that are in proximity to where I live, and so I know their footprint. I don't know how many different footprints you have based on the size and space of the franchisee wants, but uh, it seems to me that it that doesn't require a lot of people to man the operations because of the model is is that a fair assessment i mean i've seen you know maybe two people working in the store sometimes in one of the stores that i go to a lot i think there's only one behind the cash register is that is that right that's the beauty of the model that's the silver bullet the labor component is significantly less in most cases than your typical quick service restaurant because it's a self-serve model, you still want to give the customer the experience and the great customer service, but you don't. It doesn't require a lot of prep and a lot of people and cooks in the chef, cooks in the back room, and and so forth. So the silver bullet in this business model has been the labor component. So you're you're right on with that. Well, I would. I, I have friends who have other. I don't. I don't want to say fast food. I mean, that's disrespecting you. But you know what I'm saying. Those type of QSRs. Thank you. I don't know the technology, uh, the terminology. Other QSRs. And one of the major challenges they have is the workforce, right? Uh, generally younger, and you know, just a lot of yeah. And and if you can reach the same type of annual revenue and not have to have those headaches, I would think that that's a real opportunity for Absolutely. a franchise. Something they should consider if Absolutely. they're considering about this type of a business model. It, it's one of the key strengths of this business model. Right. And because you got to keep it clean. and every, But, I mean, I've, I've always, that's one of the other things, that your places are always meticulously maintained. Yeah. And I know from talking, and I know Philip, uh, he was on our TV show last year, you have a very strong corporate culture. And you you put that out into the marketplace as well through your franchisee. So your earlier conversation about having someone in alignment with you is more than platitude. I mean, it really, to me, feels very culturally you're, you're really looking for the right type of person. It's absolutely what we do. We have a very experienced team that's got a lot of years in a lot of different franchise companies, a lot of different food service companies. And the underlying premise of this company is 
We, we treat people with an acronym that I don't know if Philip has shared this with you in the past, but we have this acronym that's one of our values called THDK. Totally honest, totally kind. That's how we deal with people, whether it be a vendor, um, a franchisee, a customer, anybody that we cross paths with in our daily life, that is a direct reflection of Philip and his influence over this company. And we treat people in that respect and, and in that manner, and we respect each other, and we respect the value of people who are investing in our company and, and understand what they're getting into. So it's a, it's a different kind of franchise organization, and we back it up with how we conduct ourselves. We have a couple minutes left here, and I because I, you're responsible for the, you're the VP of development, so help um, um, help me to think this through. I'm sure growth is. I know growth is important, but I also know that you have to have managed growth, right? Because you want to be able to have the value proposition and training. And so, uh, how do you, as the, the 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 guy who's responsible on the executive team for the development, how do you balance the desire to grow as fast as the market would allow you to with maintaining your brand and the quality and your because you have to support all these franchisees out of your corporate headquarters too so how do you manage that so it's successful well we've always hired and staffed the head of the growth okay so our team i mean we have 75 bodies in our corporate office for 270 stores wow so our ratio is far above anything in the industry and that's been a philosophy of the company since day one is make sure that we can support franchisees we have a from from start to finish uh, my team is is support supports in the real estate selection the franchise recruitment the construction and design um, from there, we transfer you over to training. From there, you're le- you're sent you're you're passed on to operations. Um, we've got our R and D, our product development teams. We've got strong, experienced teams at every level and every aspect of this business, for the sole purpose of supporting our franchisees. And yeah. that support is so great that we convinced Philip Chang, who you referred to earlier, to open. 22 corporate stores so he is actually the largest franchisee in the system okay and chairman of the company i think that's healthy because he sees it from their perspective right he believes in it and we get to experience all the challenges and all the great things that happen out there in the field right so uh, we have about five minutes left here on the radio program i'm speaking with larry sadoti who is the vp of development for yogurt land um What's the future hold for Yogurt Land from a development? We'll have you and the organization. We'll have Yogurt Land back on the show in the future. What are the future growth plans for the organization? We are going to open between 500 and 1,000 stores over the next several years. We're managed growth, as you referred to earlier. We grow at a pace that we can maintain our average unit volumes. Right now, we have the highest average unit volumes in the industry. Typically, it's... 200,000 more than the closest competitor. Wow. So, And that's it, important because? That is important because that means our franchisees can achieve a top line that will help them achieve the profitability that they want to achieve. And it is it's sustainable growth. Right. If you can't maintain that top line, you're not going to be around very long. Right. We believe as long as the real estate supports it, 
that we can continue to grow if we have the real estate and we have the right people that are interested in joining this franchise. And you say you're in, you have an international footprint now? We do have an international footprint. We are in Australia, Venezuela, Mexico, and we just opened in the Middle East. Are there... We have about three minutes left. Are there any subtle differences between a Yogurtland experience in the U.S. and an international Yogurtland? No. So, well, cultural. There's wait. some cultural differences, right. but no, we try to mirror what we do around the world with the cultural sensitivities built in. But right. we want them to have the same experience that they have in when they visit L.A. or California or New York. So that is. Uh, so, so that means the model is it plays outside of the Western U.S. kind of culture. The model stays the same. The model stays the same. And so are the flavors the same? Yes. So you could find a yogurt land in one of these other countries, go in and have the same experience you would have here in Irvine. Yep. And remember, the other countries, they got their start from visiting uh. yogurt land. <laughs> Which is, yeah, by right. ironically, how most of this industry was started, was passing through L.A. and running into a yogurt land. Go to Disneyland, you happen to, yeah, yeah right, because we're a tourist spot and yeah. a travel destination, aren't we here? Yep. Well, that's uh, that's interesting. It's like, I didn't even think of that, but I could see it then take it back home, so that's fantastic. Well, Larry, this has been, um, I'm a fan of your company. I'm a fan of your company's culture and your founder. Uh, I, I You are a, a walking example of the type of, quality of people that I know that Yogurtland has. I wish you and your firm nothing but great success. I want to thank you for being a friend of the program and a part of our critical mass business community. Thank you for your interest in us and your continued support. We sincerely appreciate it. Well, if someone would like to learn more about Yogurtland, say they either want to go and have dessert tonight or they would like to think about maybe being a franchisee, how do they find you online? At yogurt-land.com. There's a link to franchise opportunities at that website. Or you can just Google um, yogurtland.com, and it'll take you right to Yogurtland. Click on the franchise link, and we'll do the rest. It is amazing to me as a, you know, I'm obviously coming at this more of a client than a dispassionate interviewer, but that's, I I love your brand. I just can't help myself. Um, Watching what people select. Because there are people that come in, and they go really, really healthy. You know what yep. I'm saying? The fresh fruits and the whatever the yogurts they choose, but you can tell they're the healthier flavor. And then there's others, maybe me, uh, where we're not it's unhealthy, but it's certainly flavorful with the crushed Oreo cookies and the chocolate syrup <laughs> and the you know all the new chocolate flavors that you guys come up with, which just blow me away. How many different flavors of chocolate you're in, you're inventing there in your labs? Oh, and there's all kinds of fun stuff coming. I, I can only imagine. Amazing what a great job! Stuff. <laughs> amazing stuff coming. <laughs> yeah, your your mad scientist that runs a lab. He is, is a mad scientist. He's amazing. And and I would recommend if you can if you ever want to talk to someone really a lot of fun with a real personality here, talk to Scott. Scott is the. Is the VP of Scott is Scott is our director of director. product development, and he is what I call our lethal weapon. He's your competitive differentiator, isn't he? He is. Yeah, he is what makes Yogurt Land's products so much better than everyone else. Well, when we had the uh, when we had the uh, TV show and we were there on site doing the filming, we were in the lab, and he was showing us some flavors that he was working with, and 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 the thought process, the science that goes into really delivering the palate. And the flavors that you want to experience when you think you're going to get whatever, mocha chocolate uh-huh. or whatever it might be. It's just, 
It, it's just amazing. Anyway. He's an amazing guy. Well, this was Larry Sadoti. As I said, he's vice president of Yogurtland, and I want to thank you again for being on the show. Thank you very much. We're, we're going to take our second commercial break here on Critical Mass Radio Show. When we come back, Chuck Hester, who is the managing partner at Affinity Alliance Incorporated, will be our second guest. So stay tuned. We'll be back in three minutes. Richard Franzi is a highly sought-after keynote speaker on topics of interest to CEOs of middle firms across North America. Richard's talks include Killing Cats Leads to Rats, a fascinating look at how unintended consequences of CEOs' decisions impact their firm's performance. Your Gray Matter Matters, which explores how a CEO's mindset can differentiate a middle market firm and define its culture. Richard delivers talks to a variety of audiences, ranging from executive team retreats to keynotes in front of hundreds of CEOs. To learn more about his talks, visit criticalmassforbusiness.com and select the contact page or call 949-887-4104. If you are an Orange County CEO or a business owner, this message is for you. Do you ever feel isolated with no place to turn for advice or feedback? Who holds you accountable to your commitments in your company? Where do you find the right resources to help you and your company grow? If you have had these questions, then Critical Mass for Business might be the answer for you. Critical Mass for Business is committed to helping you make better decisions through the power of peer learning. These are groups of peers who are running businesses just like you. CEO Peer Groups provides a great sounding board to test fresh ideas and new concepts, review your strategic plans and tactical goals, and present issues and opportunities for a critical discussion. The result is improved strategy, accountability, and improved business results. If you are interested in learning more, go to www.criticalmassforbusiness.com and learn about our CEO peer groups. CEO peer groups is a registered trademark of Critical Mass for Business. Smart Business Network is a business-to-business multimedia company providing insight, advice, and strategy for C-level executives of fast growth, middle market, and large companies. As one of the nation's largest publishers of local management journals, under the Smart Business name, Smart Business Network publishes 19 regional print editions, presents dozens of large and small-scale business conferences and award programs, and produces a vibrant interactive digital media presence. For more information, visit us at www.sbnonline.com. Welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. Our audience demographic is 98% business owners and executives who listen to learn from the experiences of our guests. If your firm is interested in reaching these top decision makers, then advertising on the radio show may be the answer. Each month, our sponsors gain valuable exposure through their support of our program. We delivered over 30,000 highly targeted sponsor impressions last month. To learn more, contact our advertising department at 949-887-4104. All of our shows can be found on our website, which is criticalmass4forbusiness.com. Okay, as promised before the break, I said our second guest would be here, and he is. It's Chuck Hester, managing partner at Affinity Alliance Incorporated. Chuck, 
Welcome to the show. Thanks, Rick. Glad to be on. I'm glad to have you here. Let's start by just asking you to tell us a little bit about your professional background. Okay. Um, I, I'm an SC grad. I've been in Southern California for uh, probably 35 years and started out in journalism and worked my way into public relations, marketing, and branding and have been doing that for 30-some-odd years and social media for about 10, which is about as long as you can do social media. I'm impressed. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was one of the uh, the first uh, LinkedIn users, and uh, LinkedIn was was a big aspect of it. Uh, Twitter came around in 2007 and Facebook uh, about the same time. So I uh, work with a lot of brands working on marketing, public relations, social media marketing. So really the field of public relations has changed in the 30 years, hasn't it? Significantly. And what used to work may still work, but there are so many other tools now that a public relations firm and a middle market CEO's listen to this show. You know, companies have $100 million in doubt. And social media, in my opinion, has offered so many new low-cost alternatives to reach a targeted demographic like never before. That's correct. And the targeted demographic aspect of it really is. What I work with with my clients is figuring out where their customers are, what channels they're using, and then we go after, uh, the, use those tools to make sure that they're reaching the right audience. That's the $10,000 question, in my opinion, when it comes to social media. It's not what channel should I use? It's where are my customers and my prospects? That's correct. Yeah, it really does make a big difference. On right. It. There's a channel for every business, but not every channel is for every business. That's right. That's very, very correct. So Absolutely. You, know, you, you can really waste a lot of time by not focusing on the right ones. And I think sure. that's as social media matures, people kind of coalesce around different channels for the kind of information they want. And it's, it's being able to, but there's technology now that allows clients right to figure out is this the right channel for me can i reach my targeted demographic sure. by using this platform yeah there's social media marketing tools and, and monitoring tools that you can use to take a look at impressions and where where what makes sense i mean you just had the guy on from yogurtland right. and i would never put yogurtland on linkedin but I, I have them all over twitter facebook and believe it or not pinterest because uh, mm -hmm. you know new new flavors new recipes great pictures uh, be able to uh, to show them up on pinterest and they're used there as that's well that's a great idea because one of the things that he and I were talking about, too, is the creativity that the clients have with their self-serve uh, options yes. and what they make with that. Some of those would be fantastic pictures, I think, if, if, you know, on Pinterest. They work out well. Okay. So we've kind of talked a bit about your firm, but just take us back. For those that maybe aren't familiar with Affinity Alliance Incorporated, uh, what is it that makes your firm different in your space? Why do clients choose to work with you versus other options they might have? One of the things that makes a difference is is when you contract with the Affinity Alliance, you're contracting with myself, my partners, and you're getting direct service. Um, I've worked with larger agencies, both in the Newport Beach area, Fountain Valley, uh, Southern California, as well as back in Raleigh, North Carolina, when I was back there for seven years. And it really depends on who you're going to talk to. Now, if a PR firm comes in and pitches you, you get you know Rick, the president, of the company and Chuck, the uh, vice president, you're going to be able to uh, nail down that business. Once the business starts, you have a tendency to get juniors that work with you directly. When when they contract with us, you're getting the people, uh, the professionals that are going to be working with you side by side. Okay. And your, your name makes me think that it is more than 
uh, your brand. When you when I hear the word alliance, it sounds like there's something else. Am, am I mistaken? In no, that? no, that's absolutely right. Okay. My, my wife and partner, uh, Stephanie, and I put together the Affinity Alliance back in 2010. Uh, there are two brands underneath that. One is Chuck Hester Enterprises, which is my organization, and hers, which is Choose a Better Life. She's an artist and a blogger and a mm-hmm. book author. Um, but in a process of we had a lot of people that we worked with around the country, and we had clients coming to us saying, can you do video editing? Can you do email marketing? Can you do whatever it may be, SEO? Right. And we do. We have a lot of folks that we uh, we work with on a regular basis. So I always tell potential clients and clients, uh, just at least allow me to say, no, I cannot do something, but at least give me that option. So I will often work with folks that, that are partners around the country and around the world. And I think that's very common for middle market companies who hire a firm doesn't have to be in your space in public relations. It can be in a lot of different areas. Mm-hmm. But what you're really hiring is the network of other professionals that they know that they cobble together right. in a good way. They bring together for a project and deliver what right. you need. And and really, that's that's what I bring to the party, too, because on LinkedIn, I have 13,000 direct connections on LinkedIn. And I know a lot yeah, 13, of... 13,000 direct connections on don't, LinkedIn? Don't try this at home. I, uh, that Truly. sounds amazingly... Yeah. Um, most of it, believe it or not, once I got past the thousand mark, was organic. Really? Uh, a lot of things occurred as to why that that happens. Uh, people come to me anytime I give a speech or a presentation. Uh, they will LinkedIn directly with me. Um, <laughs> I'm a book author as well on, on LinkedIn book, and so folks are, are actively involved with that. But um, I am a paid forward advocate, and I'll explain that in a minute. But okay. basically, uh, I have twelve thousand nine hundred ninety nine people who can help the one person that comes to me and says I need help, and, I, and they, they can pay it forward. Paying it forward is real simple. It's, you know, if you do me a favor, I usually would say, well, Rick, I'll, I'll return that favor. What I have a tendency to say to folks is, you know, do me a favor. Say, well, great, I'll return the favor. No, no, help Crystal out. Help somebody else out. And that's paying it forward. Right. That's very powerful. Yeah. Um, does LinkedIn, you get like a special badge or anything on LinkedIn for having <laughs> no. that many? you got to no. be at the top couple percent. Probably LinkedIn. top five percent. I would think. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. You're, but it's not about the numbers. I keep trying to tell my wife that as well. But it's not about the numbers. It's really about, about the quality of the networks and who I work with. It right. truly honestly is. Right. Because if it's a cold network right. and, you know, whatever, right, you need to have engagement, sure. right? That's the, again, that's another thing that I, I think as social media networks mature, what you're really looking for is engagement in the channel. Correct. It is not volume. It's not size of the channel. Mm-hmm. It's how engaged are those people around your your brand or what you're trying to get done. Yeah, right? and, it, and it's eight, eight and a half years of solid uh, personal and professional branding around that and that name. If you look up Chuck Hester on Google, I own the first three pages. And there's a reason for that because I work really hard on my professional brand as well as my personal brand to help other people. Well, you know, that's such a, okay, we're talking to CEOs of middle market companies, and that is something in, when I work with them directly and when they listen to the radio show, I hope they get the message that not just to work on their company brand, right. but to work on their professional personal brand as well because those two are should be separate and distinct but they should complement one another right exactly yeah. but one plus one is three if you do it correctly right you know in many ways i think of steve jobs 2.0 when he came back to apple and what he was able to do for mm-hmm. apple they were very closely linked but they were separate as well yeah. but yet they helped each other out not that i'm expecting ceos of middle market companies to be the next steve jobs but in their market space they should have some level of vision and visibility to the market because they can create their own 
awareness for what the company's doing, which may be even bigger than what their company's able to do, yeah. isn't it? And, that, and that's what I work with my consulting clients on. I work on the personal branding, the professional branding, what I call halo branding, which is, mm-hmm. you know, Steve Jobs from Apple, uh, as opposed to Apple's Steve Jobs. That's what you're really looking at. So you're, you're bringing that brand equity into, into play as well. So when I work with uh, executives one-on-one on LinkedIn training, which I do, uh, I will work with them on their profile first, and then if I go into companies, it's to the company page and other areas that we can work with on LinkedIn. Great. Well, there's a lot that we're going to talk about here with Chuck, and I'm sure I'm not going to get through the whole interview today because I'm personally fascinated in this topic, and I think it's really important for our audience to understand how powerful social media can be for them. So we're going to take our next commercial break, and when we come back, I'm going to ask you a little bit about linked conversations. Okay. And I know you're the host and producer of that, so let's, let's have a conversation around that after these words from our commercial sponsors. Richard Franzi is a highly sought-after keynote speaker on topics of interest to CEOs of middle firms across North America. Richard's talks include Killing Cats Leads to Rats, a fascinating look at how unintended consequences of CEOs' decisions impact their firm's performance. Your Gray Matter Matters, which explores how a CEO's mindset can differentiate a middle market firm and define its culture. Richard delivers talks to a variety of audiences, ranging from executive team retreats to keynotes in front of hundreds of CEOs. To learn more about his talks, visit criticalmassforbusiness.com and select the contact page or call 949-887-4104. Imagine what it would feel like to lose everything. Your job, your home, your family, your dignity. This has happened to thousands of the men, women, veterans, and young adults we serve at Working Wardrobes. What do we do to help? We provide career development services, life skills workshops, job skills training. We provide the perfect interview outfit, and we get clients placed in jobs. Call Working Wardrobes, 714-210-2460. Donate, volunteer, invest, hire. I just want to share with you my experience as a member of Center Club. Many of you know that I've been a member of Center Club in Costa Mesa for over four years. I hold my monthly CEO peer group meetings, my annual executive conferences, and my daily business meetings at the club. I found the staff to be both professional and courteous. My guests enjoy meeting at Center Club with its newly remodeled meeting rooms, dining rooms, and common areas. If you're looking for a place to conduct meetings, host events, or meet some of Orange County's most successful business leaders, then consider joining Center Club in Costa Mesa. For more information regarding club membership and private events, please visit the club at their website, center-club.com. Okay, welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I'd like to thank and acknowledge our listeners who download our show as a podcast. You've downloaded over 11,000 shows during the last 30 days. We here at the program appreciate your continued and growing support. All of our shows can be heard live here on Internet Radio Station octalkradio.net or rebroadcast anytime from Apple iTunes, Stitcher.com, and other business-oriented podcasting services. All right, I'm back with Chuck Hester, who is the managing partner at Affinity Alliance Incorporated. Chuck, before the break, I was asking you to share with us linked conversations. So give us context for what it is 
how we might find it, and why we would want to participate. Okay. Linked Conversation is my weekly podcast on LinkedIn, social media, and paying it forward. Uh, once a week, I'll interview a guest, do some LinkedIn tips, and also talk about some LinkedIn news. usually runs between 20 and 40 minutes uh, on a regular basis, and similar to yours, I can uh, be downloaded on RSS feed on iTunes as well. Um, it basically came about because uh, as a LinkedIn maven, I hate the word expert, maven is a person who gives knowledge that they have. One of my colleagues uh, who runs that network basically said, uh, would you like to do a LinkedIn podcast? And I, I jumped at the chance. So we're uh, we're 10 episodes in. Oh, wow. uh, wide variety of, of guests that come on, everybody from Peter Shankman, who, uh, who, who is a very well-known branding expert, mm-hmm. all the way through to uh, Phil Collin, who is the uh, lead guitarist for Def Leppard. So we've had some really fun things to, to, uh, to talk about um, and just do guests all over the world. Are you saying that those two examples are also LinkedIn people? They, um, Phil in particular is a social media user, okay. mostly Facebook. Okay. But we did get a chance to talk about um, how it's used. And, and Peter in particular was a LinkedIn detractor uh, at the time and basically said, I don't believe in LinkedIn several years ago. So I had him back on. He's a good friend of mine and said, okay, okay now what? And he came back around and said, you know, LinkedIn is a network that I really pay attention to. Okay. So, um <clears throat> Many of the audience are B2B, CEOs of right. middle market B2B. And and whenever I know that they're a B2B company, one of the first things I ask them to consider when it comes to social media mm-hmm. is LinkedIn as a tool for B2B. What is your philosophy on that, and am I giving them good advice? No, it's excellent advice, actually, because LinkedIn is the business network, big business social network. There is no doubt about that, and it always will be. Now with 277 million members and growing at a two- to three-person per day membership uh, increase as they go along, uh, if you are in business and you're not on LinkedIn, you're missing your audience. And it's so, but it's it's as you said earlier too. It's a two-way street. One one, you want to be there so people can find out and vet you and mm-hmm. become familiar with who you are. But the other thing is, it is such a powerful tool to find people. Correct. If you know who you want to find. Yes. And and that I think that's a misunderstood part of LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, many people think of LinkedIn. They might think of its history when it was really a powerful way for people who are looking for work to. It's so much more than that now, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. And the, and the presentations and the LinkedIn boot camps that I do for corporations, working with sales companies and and uh, business development organizations on how to prospect. One of the things in one of my slides is basically the, the myths of LinkedIn. One of the first myths of LinkedIn is it's a recruiting tool and for job seekers. Uh, really about only about 40 to 50% of the people that are on LinkedIn are either actively looking for a job or are recruiting for a job. The rest are CEOs, VPs, and managing directors. And with, um, you know, there's obviously you can use it for free. Correct. Or you can buy a paid, uh, different levels of paid membership. And and across all those, you get different functionality and Mm -hmm. features. But being able to do advanced searches. Right. Boolean operations almost where you can try to dial in on geography or job title or many different dimensions, in my experience, is very helpful when you kind of know the type, the psychographic and demographic of the person, but you don't know the people yet. Yeah, absolutely. And I and I have a, a major history with LinkedIn in that regard. The last two corporate jobs that I got, I got through LinkedIn. Uh, I worked with iContact, the email marketing software company, sure. as their director of communications. I got that job uh, through LinkedIn. Um, and when I walked in for the interview, the CEO had, didn't have my resume on the table. He had my LinkedIn profile oh, printed out. See how the times are changing. Yeah, huh? yeah, absolutely. And and one of the later jobs I got, um, basically 
basically I connected with a CEO who's a friend of mine who was working with the CEO of the company I wanted to work with and got an introduction that way. So it, it really is about the quality of the connections and the folks that you work with. Um, but more to your point, when you have 277 million members out there, I believe that LinkedIn is the largest social CRM in the world, uh-huh. and you can slice and dice that. Now, I'm, I'm atypical at 13,000, but at the third level, I can reach 28 million people. And what would you do with 28 million people? Uh, whatever search I want to do, I can do, definitely. Yeah, and you can reach them because you have a paid... Nope. You can reach them because they're... Yeah, and I, and I teach folks how to use it without the, the premium. Oh, LinkedIn do? doesn't like me because of that. I do have a premium, okay. um, but that's just because I use it for a wide variety of reasons. But I can tell folks how to use what I call the Easter eggs in, in the hunt and, and be able to, to, uh, to find ways to use without having to pay for it on a regular basis. One of the other areas that I um, think is underutilized in LinkedIn is putting up your company page. Yes. Could you give, from your perspective, how, you know, it's kind of a thumbnail on why a middle market CEO would want to have a company page? And what they what they would do what they would use it for? Um, I, I would have a different answer a year ago, Rick. But now it's on steroids. And LinkedIn company pages are really basically an online brochure for your company, including hot links that can go directly into brochures, into landing pages, into sign up for whatever it may be. An excellent example is Allstate. Allstate actually has a banner ad on their company page and says, "Click here for a quote," and it will go directly to a quote page where you can get insurance quotes as far as where you go. Um, the other thing that that occurs now is you can uh, both uh, follow, like, and share company page information. And so it allows folks to propagate that information out to their networks, and and similar to what Facebook can do, but more in a business-like standpoint. Interesting. So there's there's so much uh, about LinkedIn Hmm. that is either underutilized or misunderstood. Correct. And they're constantly moving their value proposition up the the chain as well, yes, right? Absolutely. They're, they're, they're experimenting with different things like these endorsements that are going on right now, which, uh, you know, I, I think over time will have a lot of value. Right now, I'm not quite sure. Right. But um, I wanted to get back to you for a minute. Sure. Can you discuss, uh, you know, of all the experiences and lessons that you've learned in hmm. your career, Chuck, um, is there? do you have a guiding principle that you're using to lead and grow your firm, and can you share that with yeah, our Yeah, well, Stephanie, my, my partner and wife, and I have a basic guiding principle. First of all, it's pay it forward. Uh, help other people. The book I wrote is called Linking in the Pay It Forward, Changing the Value Proposition in Social Media. So the value proposition chain is, you know, I, I connect with you, Rick, and the first thing I say to you is, how can I help you? Tell me more about you. I want to hear about your problems, your issues, what can I do for you, as opposed to here I am, New York life salesman, I want to sell you something. Right. Um, the other guiding principle that I use, and I'm just coming around to that now with my podcast in particular, is love what you do, do what you love, which everybody hears all the time, but love the people that you do it with. And that really is the bigger difference for where I am now. I started out in radio back in at, at KSCR and USC in 1978 hmm. uh, and never really got a chance to get back to it. Now I'm doing what I really love to do in that regard. That's so great. I have a lot of fun with that. But it's really about the people. And it's about taking care of everybody else within the community and making sure that, you know, you are who you are and you're transparent in such a way that folks want to work with you. So your book, what was the inspiration for writing the book? Um, It had a lot to do with folks coming up to me and saying, okay, so tell me more about LinkedIn. Tell me more about your experiences with LinkedIn. And so it was written as a Seth Godin type of book. It's what Seth calls the nuggets, Uh Um, probably about 80 to 90 pages, but it's all stories. And it talks about, you know, how you use LinkedIn to help other people, how you use LinkedIn to find business, to find jobs, uh, and it works really well. 
And if people wanted to buy the book? Um, Book.chuckhester.com. Okay. Be the best place to go, or send me an email directly, and I'll hook you up. All right, and we're going to get to your website here um, <laughs> after we're getting through with the rest of it, uh, the interview that we're doing today. W- what's the future hold for your business? Where, where, you're on. I'm always interested when I have either technology company CEOs and entrepreneurs or people who business are based on technology, which clearly yours is. It's it's a faster rate of change, isn't sure. it? Sure. The half-life of what was valuable and current changes so much more quickly. And then when you're sitting on top of social media, it's probably cloud computing and some big data mm-hmm. as well. But there's some really fast-moving technologies. So what do you see the future hold for you? Um, I, I think social media is a marketing tool. I will always be a marketer, PR person first, and branding person first. Those tools will continue to evolve. Probably the best thing that happened to my business was three years ago when LinkedIn went public. So I know for a fact it's going to be around for a while. But, you know, if LinkedIn were to go away tomorrow, I'd still be doing PR and marketing. That's what I do, and that's what I'm really good at mm-hmm. uh, and very comfortable with with branding and helping other entrepreneurs and small businesses. I've, I've helped uh, two different companies uh, be acquired. Uh, so I'm, I'm actively involved with entrepreneurs and startups as well. Um, um, I see uh, continued speaking, a lot of workshops and a lot of uh, one-on-one clients, something that I kind of didn't want to do originally, but I do a lot of LinkedIn executive training and branding executive training on helping folks how to use LinkedIn for uh, not only their personal but their professional brand as well. I look at um, LinkedIn as that treadmill that a lot of people buy that sits in their, somewhere in their house with their clothes on it and whatever, but it's not properly used. If, if you could take the same discipline to using your and managing your professional and personal branding to, to getting on that treadmill for mm-hmm. 20 minutes or 40 minutes or whatever it is a day, over time, it's amazing how gradually you can build. Maybe you won't get the thousands, tens of thousands of, of contacts, but maybe you don't need that. Not necessary. Right. Yeah. But you can certainly have a footprint that, that really speaks well to what you've been able to do. And I think that's critically important, even for middle market CEOs. Yeah. It really is. And people talk about, well, I can't, I don't have time for LinkedIn. I don't have, I have all these invitations. My, my mailbox is filled. I guess say, you know, give me, you know, a couple of hours with you. And after that, 15 minutes a day, I'm like the almond company. Just one kind of, kind of week. <laughs> it's all I ask. 15 minutes a day, I can get you to be a LinkedIn power connector. And a LinkedIn power connector, frankly, is about a thousand connections. That's all you really need to really have good as you like to say critical mass is that a is that a def- a term by LinkedIn, a power connector? No, it's or is my, that just an accepted? It's an accepted term amongst okay. the folks that, that I know. work with. Yeah, yeah who yeah. know what's going on? You know, uh, th- that's that's amazing. Well, Chuck, I think you've shared a lot in a little bit of time with us here on the radio program. Today. I appreciate that. If someone would like to learn more, though. How do they do that online? How do they um, find you? Uh, best way to do it is chuck at chuckhester.com. Drop me an email. Uh, go on to my LinkedIn profile, uh, which is very easy to find. Just type in Chuck Hester. You'll find me. How do you spell your last name? H-E-S-T-E-R. And my, my favorite way of saying it is I'm Charlton Heston, but without the, with an E-R instead of you know the, the E-R. Okay. Yeah. And um, thank you for being a friend of the program. Absolutely. And it's been a pleasure just touching the surface with what you know about LinkedIn. Final thought, though. There are a lot of corporate well, not a lot. There are people in our audience who are corporate executives who maybe don't think the same way that an entrepreneur or a business owner thinks mm-hmm. about using LinkedIn. In other words, I, I'm a good example of that. When I left the corporate world, I realized that my Rolodex was better inside of my corporation than it was inside of my county. Can be. And and that can be devastating. Mm-hmm. If, if So my advice to them is start now while you're still at the corporate seat, right? Absolutely. 
and, and find people in your community. Yeah. And my phrase is a Harvey McKay phrase, which is dig your well before you're thirsty. So start with building the connections outside of your corporation, outside of your comfort zone before you need them. Right. And then when you need them, they'll be there. And it sounds like your strategy of paying it forward as you get into LinkedIn is the exact right, I would think, be the right thing for these corporate executives to do. Sure. Offering assistance and giving back value and creating uh, relationships built on what you're able to help, how you're able to help other exactly. people. Exactly, and it's it's a really fun habit to have, too. Great. All right, well, that's Chuck Hester, ladies and gentlemen. He was our second and final guest here on Critical Mass Radio Show today. I'd like to thank our commercial sponsors for sponsoring the program, Brandman University, Commercial Bank of California, Decision Toolbox, Smart Business Magazine, Succession Strategies, and Center Club of Costa Mesa. I'd like to thank also our engineer for today, Paul Roberts. Our producer is Crystal Nunley. Our guest coordinator is Kathleen Shepard. Our social media manager is Asia Celestino. And I'm your host, Rick Franzi. If you'd like to learn more about Critical Mass for Business or you'd like to refer a future guest or possibly advertise, please visit our website, which is criticalmass4forbusiness.com. Until the next show, I hope all your decisions will move your company in a positive direction. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show, focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi.